All right, everybody. Uh, welcome back to our third show of uh, Peach Pit. Today we're going to talk about um, Albany Review, and then we're also going to preview Columbus. Um, before we get started, I have to make the usual disclaimer. Um, any views or opinions shared on the show are solely that of the individual contributor and do not reflect the views of Peach Pit, any FRC team first, Georgia first, or any of their affiliates and sponsors. So with that disclaimer out of the way, welcome to Peach Pit. This, the idea behind the show is to serve as an FRC talk show that focuses primarily on the Peachtree District. We're going to be taking, talking about a variety of topics, so don't be surprised if you see us drop some hot takes. Ultimately, we're hoping to provide some entertaining and engaging discussion for the community. So let's begin with our host introductions. My name is Anupam Goli, and I'm a mentor for Team 1746 Auto. My name is Sonny, and I'm retired. I'm Kellen, and I'm a mentor for Team Auto 1746. All right. So before we really, before we really get into our Albany review, uh, Kellen has a public service request to make. Yeah, um, so we've received uh, some requests on one of our previous episodes to either show more video or show more pictures of uh, the robots we're talking about. And in kind of looking into doing that, uh, for those uh, publicly accessible photos, we're realizing that there aren't all that many posted for Georgia robots. So we're doing a call to action for the uh, PCH district community uh, to uh, call out the teams asking any of those teams that do very thorough pit uh, scouting and getting pictures of every robot out there. Um, if you can uh, encourage your scouting teams or encourage your media people um, to grab those photos and uh, see if you can get them uploaded to the blue line. So um, uh, all those robots are represented and have have some picture to them. Um, so they're more immediately represented on the blue lines when people are browsing through seeing what robots belong to what. And it's really nice to also be able to pull up pictures of each robot as we talk about them. Yep. Hopefully. Okay. So <clears throat> let's go to our Albany review where um, the Peachtree District went down south uh, for their southernmost qualifier. Um, the winners of the event were Team 832, 6829, and 7499. The finalists were 3635, 18, sorry, 1683, and 6177. The Chairman's Award winners were 1002, and the Engineering Inspiration winner was 1683. So unfortunately, Kyle's not here, or else we would have had a massive discussion about Chairman's. Um, but just to jump right into it, you know, I think this is the first Chairman's Award for 1002 and what? Like, I think since 2007? Yeah, I think they had said it had been about a 10-year ten, ten gap or, at, or at, at least 10 years since they won the previous one. So. 2007 yeah. was my rookie year. Yeah. So it's been a while. Um, yeah, so it's, so it's good to see they got in. Unfortunately, um, 1683 didn't get in, which they did win it last year. So I don't know if it's necessarily a slowdown in their program, but... It is kind of interesting to see how things sort of fluctuate. Um, yeah. I feel like maybe 1002 might have just come out a little bit stronger. I know they've got some pretty good chairman's prep. And Kyle pushes them pretty hard on that front. So it might have just come down to who was more prepared and who was uh, able to give a better presentation at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So on the robotics competitive front, um, 832 and 6829 and 7499 uh, did win this weekend. This was 832's first banner since, I think, 2017 when they won Gainesville. Yeah. Is that... Let me check real quick. Is that uh, about right? But um, I think they've been knocking on the door for, like, events for quite a while, right? Like, just in recent memory, they were first seed... A district champs, they were first seed at Gainesville, and were finalists? No, quarterfinals. What year are we talking? Gainesville, this past, this past year. They weren't first seed. They were, like, we were on the three seed, and yeah, we were, oh, yeah, Oscar, yeah, they were on our Oscar lines was, Yeah, third seed and finalists, yep. Yeah, and then you guys went with Oscar, and were finalists, yeah. So, um, they're definitely, they've definitely been knocking on the door when it comes to more wins. Yeah. Um, yeah. You were right that uh, this is their first Blue Banner pickup since Gainesville of 2017. If you all remember the 
crazy 1648, 1746, 832 run. Yeah. It was, a, I think, a 10-match run for going to 3-deep in every series and having one replay in there. So that was a bit of a stretch. Yeah. But 832 is definitely one of those teams that nowadays you see they're at the playoffs in every event they go to in the district. They've definitely upped their game, and I think it's starting to pay off, especially with this uh, latest win at Albany. They were pretty dominant at that cargo game, and they were consistent with that level three climb. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard for me to tell, but it looks like they they like got pretty good at Albany when it came to cargo. Like it seemed like at Gainesville, they could do about half of the cargo ship almost on their own, right? But at Albany. It looked like they were they were able to handle most of the cargo ship on their own, and the sixty eight twenty nine could do mostly hatches. Um, what? We got some video up actually of the final, first finals match. Oh, okay, cool. But yeah. So what are we looking at? Right now, just sand, right now we're just looking at the sandstorm. But in a couple of seconds, you'll see eight thirty two get started in their cargo game, and yeah, they they were one of the quickest cyclers out there with cargo, and. I was kind of like, dis- not disappointed, but I don't know if they really sped up their climb a ton, but it was it was still really consistent, and that really gave them that number one seed. Yeah. So 6829 was also on their alliance. Um, so first pick of the first seed, that's definitely a ton of points. And this is their first banner in team history. Um, only a matter of time for them, I think, because last year they were finals twice at Albany and then at Duluth. Right. And this year they're they're with a pretty good looking robot, to say the least. Um, Yeah, they they seem like one of those programs that's going to continue to develop that that continuity. Uh, It's going to keep showing up with some pretty solid robots on a year-to-year basis. So this is, I think, another uh, extension upon where they were able to come out last year. Um, But yeah, definitely some quality robots coming out of that 6829 program. Yeah. I think if you like go and look at their match video, right, you can see like they're actually um, 6829's using some sort of like alignment with vision and they have some automation going. So I thought that was really neat that they had all that in the works and they're only going to get faster at that. Yeah. I actually really like the simplicity of their mechanisms, right? So like I think their hatch mechanism is just a beak. Like there's like nothing really complex going on with like things fly, like, like flying out to the side. I think it's just like a little beak hook thing. And they use mostly automation and like the elevator to kind of come in, pick it up, scoop it out, go in, drop it off, things like that. Um, That's the name of the game. If you want to, uh, uh, what is it, like reduce your cycle time, right? Have simple mechanisms and just automate the crap out of them. Yeah, yeah repeatability is a big deal. Um... Yeah, when you're talking about consistently winning matches, if you can repeatedly do the same thing on a match-to-match basis, obviously it's um, you got to repeatedly do the right things. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, re- Seventy-four ninety-nine. Yeah. To... Repeatedly yeah, yeah. disconnecting from the field is not what we're talking about here. But yeah, it, yeah for for what they're able to the pull out for both hatches, cargo, uh, they look like a really solid robot this season. Yeah. Yeah, I was just laughing at seventy four ninety nine, like on the field, like trying to send it onto level two. Oh yeah, at the end of it, at the end of the match. Yeah, mm-hmm. like honestly, I really hate when teams do that very early in the season, and they post it on Chief Delta, like, hey, just like look at this, right? Because there was a discussion where like teams were like, oh, we'll just send it onto level two. Like you, like people who can't like easily align hatches and do that are not going to be able to align like a ramp shot. So right. when I was just talking about consistency, <laughs> that is not the that is yeah. not the solution. <laughs> Do you have finals one pulled up? That's what I have right now. Yeah, Hold so up. like go go like towards the end of finals one. It's yeah. just seventy four ninety nine. They just like like I applaud their persistence. If anything, right? I because, mean, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say they made it a few times before, like in semis and uh, in quarters, but mm-hmm. I think they just kind of missed here in finals. Well, they missed like three or four times. Yeah, they just like, went. like me personally, I am a bit more conservative. So when I see it miss once or twice, it's like, hey guys, let's let's like take the three, and let's like close this match out. Yeah. But I think they didn't even get any at that point. I mean, they still won, so it's 
Yeah, so well, it's really whatever. But. That first finals match was actually really close. It was the yeah. closest one of them. Well, and I think that's, that's something I think that I haven't seen discussed too much is that it's um, for an event, they didn't have very many level three climbers. Uh, so you saw, what was it, uh, Oscar, uh, 6471, and then. Um, Sixty nine nineteen. Uh, yeah, sixty nine nineteen is the three L, L level three years. Um, but what I, I think is particularly interesting, and I, I can't remember um, the particular series of events, but cool to see that the Seven Alliance um, was one that made it all the way to Elims without one of those climbers on it. So mm-hmm. they played the right game and, and yeah, really pushed some close close finals matches even without a level three climber. Yeah, like the seven seed. It's hard to really say because I feel like they like really found their stride in the semis, right? where they sort of got used to how each other played. Um, I was really surprised by all three robots, to be perfectly frank, right? Um, I think 3635 really proved their salt when it came to cargo. 1683 also really did it. And 6177 sort of came in clutch with the hatch panels. I think they were always like really good, but during quals they were sort of experimenting and trying to push themselves a little harder. Yeah. But then during limbs, when they had to settle in, they like really settled in and like, and like drove home. Yeah, they so. found their role and they kept with the role. I'm actually going to pull up some video again of uh, the semifinals match so we can show the viewers what we're talking about here. Yeah. But six, I was especially impressed with the turnaround on 6177 from Dalton to Columbus in that one week. Yeah. They like went out, they simplified... I don't know if they changed their hatch mechanism. It looks like it was completely different or mm-hmm. at the very least it uh, functionally it was much better and they just went in kept playing their hatch game and by the end of it they were scoring quite a few of those hatches yeah it is it is a little unfortunate that i don't think that they've qualified for state champs well I, technically nobody ha- or, oh, well, uh, just only two a, teams. a couple yeah. of teams have at this point so, so three teams right yeah Historically speaking, yeah. it looks like they're in trouble for that right. cutoff. Historically, the cutoff is right at about 44, 45 points. Yeah. And 6177 currently has 38, last I, I checked. So, yeah. so um, they're not in a very good position, even though they probably deserve to be in that yeah. running, right? Um, but that's just kind of how it goes, honestly. I um, mean, to quote Kyle Fender, you got to play the district. Play the district. <laughs> yeah. Where are you, Kyle? I miss you. Oh, yeah, um, I miss you, man. But... Um, I was gonna say, I was gonna say one more thing, but I actually think, I should think the seven seed might have actually won if sixteen eighty three didn't like. I think one, I think a part of their drivetrain got really messed up. Yeah, I was up. gonna say, I think it was towards the end of that first yeah. match you saw. At least saw the refs kind of inspecting it just to see if there was any, any potential issue with it. But yeah, yeah. I don't think they. I mean, like, there like definitely was an issue, but I don't know if it was something like maybe one of the other robots interfered or something because they had their eye it. on it like yeah. for. For, for quite a while, but they went down in finals one. I think they lost by three points, and I have to think that if 1683 would have put in like a couple more pieces of cargo and then gone for the level one, that like like that's your difference right there. Yeah. Um, and then in finals two, they were they were in trouble right from the get go. So yeah, it seemed like they a couple of the robots might have had some like issues going on. Yeah. That's honestly that seems to be kind of a common theme, right? We saw that at Dalton too. Like in finals two, two of the robots just kind of died for a little bit. Yeah. Like I don't know what's going on, but teams, remember you're playing twelve qual matches, and if you're making it to finals, you're playing at least six additional playoff matches. Build your robots robustly and make sure your pit crew can fix it too. Well, it's always been a struggle being in a district system, and and especially at Albany. Where match turnarounds are a little quicker. Yeah. And then when you go into eliminations, like there just is virtually no turnaround, right? So even if you have a minor problem, like you like lose a chain in a match, rechaining a robot between matches or in quals isn't that big of a deal. But you have six minutes to do it in eliminations, it's not gonna happen. Right. So um yeah, it's kinda interesting. I actually read on 148's blog, JVN's blog, that they so they're in the district system for the first time this year, and they went to an event that had 30 teams. Mm-hmm. And so they had to put a little bit more thought into actually, like, how do we deal with these quicker turnarounds that they didn't get at regionals? Yes, right. switching from, like, a, at least a 50 or 60-team uh, event to a 30-team, yeah. a bit of a transition to get used to. And I know, like, back in Gainesville, when we were, like, you know, like kind of 
wiring and coding our robot pretty much there. Like those turnaround times were insane. We like barely got any like testing or work done between matches. It was like going back to the pit, get a new battery and oh, they're calling us back to the field. <laughs> yeah. So I actually kind of wonder, would it be a better idea for Georgia First to slow things down, right? And the only way to really slow things down would be to have people play less matches. So right now everybody gets 12. But I don't know if the 12 is a very good experience for a lot of teams because you're rushing, you're constantly like, like going full throttle. Right. Um, and a lot of teams use events to improve, test things out, things like that. Would it be a little bit better if we went to 10, right? Uh, what, I, what I'd almost like to see um, in, in regards to that, I, I like the number 12 just for getting out there and actually playing matches, mm -hmm. assuming your team is intelligent enough to have a working robot uh, when you come into the event. <laughs> That's a pretty big assumption for you, Kevin. I'm just, I'm just saying. What, <laughs> but but I, I, what, I, what I'd like to see, I guess, is that there'd be any kind of more thorough practice field i think over the last couple of years switching to districts we've had a bit smaller um, practice field areas so i think some larger space there would allow more teams to use it on, a, on that in that minimal time between matches or during lunch or at the beginning or the end of the day um, i don't know if it would also be possible and i have to imagine there's all kinds of complexities for venue access uh, whatever else but if the field would be set up to the point that on that load-in night, teams could actually access the field at all um, for getting out there and, and actually... I know this is a side effect of the district system and keeping events smaller, cheaper, faster, that kind of thing, but it would be, be nice to get out and uh, get some practice matches in on a realistic field. Uh, yeah. But. yeah, but I mean, like, I feel like, yes, that'd be nice, but... If you're in a system where you walk into an event and your robot needs work, or your match turnarounds are so quick that you don't even get to a full practice field, like I feel like the returns are very minimal of anything that you put in front of it, right? Yeah. So that's actually why District Champs is so like active on its first day, because a lot of teams are good to go. A lot of teams are taking advantage of practice matches. Um, yeah. But for yeah. district events, it's like, Teams are still getting ready, and honestly, I think I think I would be fine with eleven matches, and maybe have maybe reduce the cycle or increase the time between matches, or like push everything up, and have like instead of starting matches at ten a.m. or whatever, maybe start them at noon on the first day. Because like give couple, that would give a couple more hours for teams. Because I know another big problem is that especially at Gainesville, we don't we don't have all the teams inspected. Yeah. By the time calls start, and that's a major hurdle uh, for teams to get through is inspection. Yeah, I personally feel like adding more time, like up front, won't do a whole ton because, yeah. like, yeah. because like teams seem to take the time they have. Well, that's that's true, exactly, and I think next year is only gonna kind of uh, show that. Oh yeah, without, oh, yeah, yeah, without a bag. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have more time, but oh, I, I'm. I, I can promise you right now there are a lot of teams come week one next year they're going to be about the same amount of teams struggling to get through inspection at their first event. Yeah. I honestly think it might even be a little worse because like with the bag day you had that hard deadline but mm -hmm. now you the deadline is the first day of competition so like the teams that are on schedule and track will be ready but then the teams that are kind of procrastinating they might even they might be in even in an even worse place. So I'm going to put a pin in the bag day discussion yeah. right, so we can stay on track. Um, going back to Albany, one thing that I noticed at Albany was that there were a ton of, like, everybots, right? Like, I think Albany had three or four just explicit everybot designs from 118, when I think all the other events only had maybe one or two. So what do you guys think about that? Do you guys think that's... Obviously, was it a good move? Was it a bad move? Was it, like... I, I think it was a good move, um... It, it made all those teams, like, able to actually... The teams that did the everybody, they could actually score cargo, right? And they could actually play the game. And being able to play the game means you're thinking about how you can improve your performance at playing the game. So I think it's just... Uh, it's a good move by those teams, and I think it will help, like, lay a competitive foundation for them that they can build upon. Yeah. So, like, this year they did everybody. Maybe next year they'll expand a little bit. 
and like try and do that reach goal that they've had in mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like we've talked about for just the awareness, I think, and the, in the case of those teams, um, I'd like to imagine they've done any kind of resource analysis saying, all right, how much time do we have? How much experience do our students have? What kind of budget do we have? Um, I think it's really awesome that they, they settled on that um, particular design. Because again, it's the case of even during the season, and a lot of these teams just played for the first time, but I imagine a lot of them either, uh, I know it was pointed out, a, a few of them made it a decent way into ELIMS, but those teams, after getting beaten, are like, all right, now what, what else can we do to this robot to make it a little bit better for next time? So I think it's a really awesome uh, entry level um, uh, for teams to be able to play with. And as competitively as they did, I got to give it to them. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, like, rumor has it that it, like, might have been a coordinated effort to get, like, a lot of teams to do the everybody. Yeah, I, I can't remember seeing too many of them at uh, Gainesville or Dalton. Um, yeah. But, yeah, to see that many of them pop up down in Albany was, a, was something. Yeah. They, they do have that DE field down at Albany, and I mm -hmm. think that uh, they host, I think the teams have, like, a shared kickoff, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. At the very least, they kind of share that uh, DE field down in Albany. And mm -hmm. that it honestly seems like a kind of a tight knit community down there too, in FRC. Yeah, which honestly, like you kind of have to look at this from like a from like a realistic like view as well. That this that the south of Georgia is not a very competitive region, especially like in the grand scheme of things, Georgia's not a very competitive district. But in our little bubble, the south is not that competitive. So I think this. I think this does, like you mentioned, that it gives the South a foundation, right, that they can go. And so we'll have, I think, more teams from the South that show up that actually qualify for district championships, which is going to be big. And, uh, you know, the South will rise again. Well, all right. I don't know about that whole yeah, deal. Yeah, I don't know about that. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, I think it'll be pretty good, and I hope that, they, that teams in the South sort of take a very realistic approach to the games, right? Um, and hopefully 118 keeps doing that every bot, you know. Um, yeah. All right. So we are in a, we are in the mid-season officially, right? We are in the mid-game, not the yeah. end game. I think all but two teams have played their first event. Really? Yeah, and I think one of those teams just didn't show up for that oh, first okay. event. Well, yeah, I was going to say, if you look at the master rankings for the PCH district, I think there's a, a handful of teams down at the bottom, but yeah, a couple of them I think didn't didn't show up um, for their first event. So there's oh, okay. a, a handful of them down here and then another rookie up there that, I, again, I don't think they showed up to their event. But. That's unfortunate. But, um, so... Thoughts on, on the season so far, right? Uh, notable teams, strategies. What, what do you guys got? Um, I think one of the biggest impacts we're going to see, and we got, I think uh, this weekend in Columbus is going to be the biggest kind of show of it because I think you get the, the right density of teams uh, for some of our uh, better level three climbers, some of our more proficient scorers for hatches and cargo. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how a certain alliances get paired up if we'll end up with a few really powerful alliances for a good shootout in, uh, in ELIMS. But uh, you really see the, 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 uh, how beneficial it is to have a level 3 climber. Mm -hmm. uh, and those teams are always ranking in the top 8, um, get a lot more uh, um, of a kind of pick in, in the direction they're going for what alliances they're, they're working with. Um, yeah, I it, it seems like those level three climbers are then going after, all right, who's who's the best scoring robot then mm -hmm. that, that can complement me for hatches and cargo. Yeah. I actually think in Albany for the first time we saw that the alliance that was built around the level three climber, so pretty much the first seed, they were kind of in trouble when it came when they were facing some of the other alliances, especially when you look at like the seventh seed, right? Um yeah. finals. So I think we're starting to see the game push to a point where just because you have a level through climber and the other alliance doesn't, that doesn't mean you're going to win, right? Um, yeah, you'll get that one RP, but it's starting to get to a point where if your alliance isn't really well-rounded, everybody has to contribute past the cargo ship, um, you know, you're, winning is not a guarantee with a level three climber now, 
Especially compared to Gainesville. And some of these smaller district events, you're going to see some thinner, uh, thinner picks left available towards the end of the alliance selection. That's where you might see some of those better um, lower seed alliances because they're they're able to get some good robots down at those seven, seven mm -hmm. and nine or seven and ten picks. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good point. Um, so that's where I think the seven alliance benefited um, from having some three well-rounded robots. At weaker district events, you can definitely succumb to death by serpentine. Yeah, that's fair enough. So I'm actually interested about this sandstorm period that first implemented this year. Like, I'm kind of on the fence because I'm not a huge fan of like the themes that first throws into the games, right? But I am kind of interested this year how teams can kind of sometimes not even have a camera; they just like look up at the screen and they mm -hmm. and they dry their robots. So. I personally feel like it's it, it offers a really good best of both worlds type of situation that you don't just have to have autonomous and have motion profiling figured out, right? You can set up a camera, you can get that working relatively well and get that going. And I think First has been trying to get teams to use cameras for years, right? With First the Connect and now whatever the standard is and Limelight and things like that. Um, this yeah. game was like really built around... Uh using a camera and using vision. I mean, everything has a vision target on it. So you see the teams that have like some vision targeting, they use it in Sandstorm and they're able to, but they also augment it with like driver feedback and like using the actual camera feed. So I think Sandstorm has helped, the Sandstorm period in general has kind of helped teams that normally don't move in autonomous actually do something. But it also provides a, a good enough challenge for those teams that can just do the basic stuff to like get their vision targeting working and try and score as many times as possible. Yeah. And I don't know how many of our viewers have stood behind a driver's station um, this season, um, but if you have, you, you know how difficult it is to see like the back side of the rocket ship, or if you're in the middle driver's station that you can hardly see um, the cargo bays. Um, so even outside of stand, Sandstorm, that, that camera feedback, a lot of drivers are looking down to utilize that during the rest of the match yeah. in order to align with their, align with their targets. So. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm a huge fan of that much vision being put into the game, right? It's right. so like, I think we've had games for a while where if you had good CV, good computer vision, you, you definitely had an advantage, right? Right. But I'm not sure if it's going too far to say that you need CV in order to be able to see the other side of the scoring target, right? That, that to me is pushing it too far. Um, but I do like the fact that they let teams who don't have full autonomous, like the whole like coding thing figured out to participate in the autonomous period. Do something more than just drive forward and exactly. cross the line. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so, you know, kind of best of both worlds. Maybe like I'm trying to think about how the previous game could have been done like this. I don't know, maybe last year's game. If they if they had a sandstorm period last year, like sandstorm, right? So you could go around, you could pick up cubes, you could place them, but you could only use cameras or like fully autonomous. I don't know if it would have changed it too much. I think the teams that were doing motion profiling will just use motion profiling, and like that's how they'll do their multi-cube autos. And like the vision targets were pretty much useless. Let's be honest. Well, right, the vision targets were pretty much useless, but I don't know. I feel like more teams would have gotten involved with like dropping off their one cube and like driving up to pick up a second one, right? If you can get that camera feedback. From yeah, them. that's like, true. Like, like last season, there were only two teams, I think, that ever really even touched multi-cubes. That was Walton and 6177, right? I know personally from what my team was able to do, I would say that if we had a camera feedback, we probably could have gotten two cubes without much trouble. Um, so I think, I personally think it's a mechanism that I would like to see more in future games. Yeah. So, the rest of the season, how do you guys think it's going to go? Because things are heating up, right? Um, we have Columbus coming up, which is going to be the big event. Forsyth is statistically the weakest event on the books, but it might not be that bad. And then District Champs, right? 
I think uh, we're. I think we're going to start seeing now like some expanded uh, strategic play, especially at Columbus. I'm. I fully expect Columbus eliminations to be kind of representative of what district championship qualifications. It's going. You're not going to just win with the level three climb. You're going to have to play defense. You're going to have to uh, plan who scores where, because there will be alliances that can. They maybe the maybe they can't like solo uh, do the rocket, but they'll be able to combine to get a rocket and fill up most of the cargo ship. There will be alliances that strong at Columbus. Yeah, that's where I think you'll we'll continue to see level threeers kind of own the day when it comes to rankings. Um, I think when it when it comes to those level three years, um, as, as well as those top top scoring robots like your Waltons, your forty nine tens, your eleven o twos, fourteen fourteens, you're gonna see the handful of qualification matches where those teams actually play against each other. Those are gonna be very influential matches for uh, kind of shaking up those um, those uh, alliance standings uh, to figure out who's gonna be ranked in that top eight and who gets to make that first overall selection. Yeah. I think, like, from like a mathematical, statistical point of view, as you get more level three climbers involved, the less they actually start to matter. Mm-hmm. Right? Not to say that, that if you have a level three climb, you should stop doing it, but just that if you have a level three and the other alliance has a level three... You, you got to wash, and you got to find your point somewhere yeah. else. You got to find your edge somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so that's where I think a lot of the teams that have been using it so far to drive their performance are going to find a little bit of a slowdown. Right? Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, so just to call a few out, like like not saying it in in a negative way, but I'm talking like sixty four seventy one, which has a decent cargo game, but yeah. they're but they're very much a level three focus. Sixty nine nineteen. Um, I would say 8.32 even a little bit, right? Um, yeah. Very good cargo, decent level 3 climb, but I think they're, they have to push their game a little bit farther past the cargo ship. So, um, I, but I will say, I wouldn't be surprised if 40.26 seed, ends up seeding like in the top 3 at Columbus, just because, like, I mean, they rely a lot on their level 3, but they can do it quick, and they can play a lot of good defense match panels, so they aren't just like that one-trick pony. That and they've essentially proven that they can they can do it like that. It's it's seamless for them to do it on a match-to-match basis, like we were talking about earlier. That consistency. Um, that there are some teams that have shown to be a little shaky when it comes to uh, getting that level three climb on a match-to-match basis, but forty twenty-six is yeah. one seems like you can count on. I don't know if I consider defense a trick in like people's like repertoire of like available. There's good defense and bad defense, right? And 4026 right. plays good defense. They don't just like go around not knowing what they're doing. They like target uh, robots that are scoring. They switch off uh, to uh, get to take the highest scoring opponent like mm-hmm. out of the game for a little bit. Yeah. They like play it smart. Yeah. Uh, I tend to everything you're saying makes sense, but when I like say it out loud that like forty twenty six will see top three because of their defense, I'm like ah. No. But I feel like this year's game is also one of those games where if you are good at defense, you can definitely do some damage. Um, literally this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. For anybody <laughs> interested, I'm trying to remember which what their alliance number was. But if you want to go out and watch some uh, some quality defense, I think it was forty one fifty nine. At the San Francisco Regional, um, they wound up making it all the way to finals against the uh, 971 Cheesy Poofs Alliance, but they put on a clinic in semifinals um, for how to play some effective defense. They just sat right in between the uh, rocket ship and the cargo bay and just in, essentially cut off about half of the scoring opportunities uh, for the opposing alliance, and they were a rock when, it, when teams trying to pass them. Um, yeah. Speaking of good defense and like good getting around, I watched a match in Texas. It was 33-10 and 148. I believe it was the finals. And the finals, you know, they got like the best defense that they could get thrown at them. And like 33-10 got like the brunt of the defense. I think it was semifinals, whatever. But 33-10 got like the brunt of the defense. And oh my God. Like the defense was fantastic. But watching 33-10 dance, like, their robot was literally just dancing, like like constantly moving, probing at angles, and it was like, damn. 
right? So I think we're about to see offensive robots really earn their money, right? Like earn their banners, because a lot of the offensive robots so far have been able to sort of do their own business, and then, you know, when they get defensive attention, they're able to, like, move around it. But when you get a really, really strong defense robot, are you going to make that robot dance? Are you going to get to the scoring area, right? Because there is no safe zones. There's nothing like that. The only reprieve you might have is, like, the pin timer, right? Like, once you get in the position, a robot comes and hits you, and then you get, like, a couple of seconds of, like, pin freedom as, like, that robot has to back off. And, like, that's when you have to score, or else you're not going to get another chance until the pin timer resets. So, yeah. That's where I think uh, once we start seeing that problem more occur more and more often, or that level of defense, uh, the counter-defense strats are going to start to come out. So, like, teams are going to start saying, all right, I need you to come over here and uh, pin, or not pin, but uh, play a, a pick. Set a pick, or yeah. 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 I see... Yes, you're right, but I, I don't know how much that'll work, right? Cause, because think about a team like 1771 coming over to play defense, right? Now you as an alliance can't put your second best score on counter, right? Yeah. The two of you have to go to work. So you're going to take your third pick, who so far has been mostly just like drivetrains and robots that are kind of able to do a little bit here and there, and you're going to have them play counter defense on 1771. I feel like more, more often than not, that counter defensive robot is just going to get in the way. I think that's where you get a lot of fun as a have a lot of fun as a drive coach because you got to kind of um, not a, a drive coach or a strategist out there. Um, you're 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 figuring out what what robots you have to play with on your alliance. How do you use them to uh, put together the right strategy to take on the other team? Sometimes that might involve uh, sending one of your quality robots on defense just because they can play it that much better. Um, are they, or are they better suited to play uh, offense as a third bot? Or, uh, and, and during the match, um, as a drive coach, kind of making the uh, calling an audible on, oh, they're coming to play defense, or we, we got to find a way to score somehow if they're playing shutdown defense. Yeah. Um, you got to make some interesting calls in a, in a very short amount of time for getting the win. I think if you're going to go counter defense, though, like just to go back to that, I think you're going to have to do it very, very early. Because once a robot penetrates like your side of the field, and like they're like in that back zone between the ship and like your human player, that's when things kind of get really messy, right? But if you can get somebody lined up like in the middle to kind of prevent teams from coming over, I think that's going to be your biggest sort of or the best bet. That's the other thing with counter defense is if you're bringing back your your robot you had initially sent for defense, if you're bringing them back, you then have four robots on your side of the field, and you're going to cause a lot of congestion. Yeah. yeah. So something to be aware of uh, while you're strategizing. You know, you know what I'm picturing right now at district championships happening? So, like, you guys remember 2014 Einstein, right, with 11-14 and 254's chess match, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, 1114 would uh, try and predict which way 254 was going and uh, use the connect to do... Uh, to try and block their shot, right? I'm thinking, right, well, if a team is trying to uh, send a defender over at the start, the other, the other alliance is gonna, uh, might send counter defense. So I'm imagining, right, the third robot on that alliance that's trying to play counter defense is gonna set up their robot and position themselves to go and block the other defender at the very start of the oh, match. Man, what a chess move. So like, okay, hang on. So say, so you have robots one, two, and three on one alliance, and then robots one, two, and three on another, right? Yeah. You're saying that one alliance would purposefully set up robot three on the opposite side of robot three so that they would block them from like coming over. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. But then, what if I'm like, so, but then I'm on the other side, right? Say, say I pick that up, right? After a couple matches, I'm like, oh crap, I catch on to what's happening. Then what if you like fake them out? Right? So say for example that robots one, two, and three line up. One, two, and three line up. Say this alliance like fakes three, sends two, right? And then when, and then when your three splits off to like actually go try and counter defend two, 
they come back. This thing crosses over. <laughs> kind of like a faint. Yeah, 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 like a fake. I'm, it's oh man, it's so good. I bet that is a really good. That's a good strategy. I, it wastes time on the defender's part, and it gets your. It, it does cost your number two robot scoring time, but gives your other robot uh, time to get in and disrupt the other alliance. It's a gamble to uh, a gamble to take. Yeah. Uh, kind of playing off of that a little bit for like you were saying for setting up particular robots on the side. Going back to those San Francisco uh, Elims matches with forty-one fifty-nine, um, like it's particularly in the finals, you saw them. Uh, they were in driver station number three, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, so they had two fifty-four and nine seventy-one on the other alliance, which are pretty equally uh, potent uh, offensive robots. But I think they wound up picking. 254 in the first match to play defense on simply because their driver station was on that same side of the field and they were going to have the visibility to play better defense on that robot than they were going to be able to play on the opposite corner of the, the field. Yeah. So that, that visibility, especially with how quickly you can rack up penalties on mm-hmm. the other side of the field, there's a, there's a huge benefit to having that the visibility lane uh, down to the other side of the field. I'm a little surprised to be honest, that visibility lands is that big of a deal. Especially nowadays with, like, teams have, like, 50-foot cords attached to their controllers, right? So, you know, share a driver station. Yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah. we've encouraged our driver to, like, if you need to step back in order to see the hatch panel, uh, mm-hmm. if, if it's in or not, to do that. Um, but any of the drivers that had driven, anybody that was on a drive team from, like, last year, uh, knew how difficult it was, uh, similar to 2017, that if you got behind the opponent's uh, airship or if you got behind the opponent's switch all the way at the other end of the field, you, you lose a lot of vision. Uh, it's hard to tell which way your robot's oriented. Yeah. So same same case this year. Once you get behind the cargo ship on the other side of the field, mm-hmm. it's, it's easy to get, get lost. Yeah. First really likes putting giant random things in the middle of their field. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I mean, where else are they going to put stuff, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, we can't um, we can't have teams in the six Neo era uh, going full speed at each other, right? Yeah, true that, true that. Okay, so that's our little mid-season review. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the Columbus event since it's kind of a juggernaut of an event. Um, in my opinion, it's more exciting than Gainesville this past year because, like, usually Gainesville the me- Gainesville is the most exciting event. Um, Columbus as an event has been sort of up and coming, and this year it's just the who's who of robots. Um, so I have down here, you know, almost everyone is making their second run here, right? So, you know, as good as you thought 1102 or 1414 were at Gainesville, you know, they're going to be hopefully better at Columbus. Um, but before we get into the robots, I'm going to start with the biggest showdown is Chairman's. Oh, right? yeah. So for those that remember, in Dalton Week 2, Walton did not win the Chairman's Award. It was 49-10. Yep. Right? Um, so that means that right now, 4188 Columbus Space Program and 2974 Walton are head-to-head for the Chairman's Award, right? And whoever doesn't win the Chairman's Award here currently won't qualify for it at state champs. Which is kind of interesting because they were sort of slated as the two favorites coming into the season. Um, so it's potentially pretty big ramifications for them both, right? Um, both have like outreach programs that have been building up. So what do you guys think? Who do you guys think is the favorite? That's a tough one. Like 4188's program has just been on the up and up lately. And I know they have, I think they have a huge part in like the Columbus district event and the re- Columbus region in general. Yeah. I, I, I have heard, but I cannot confirm. I think they've actually f- helped with the financing for the Columbus event quite a bit. Right. So I don't know if that's like they like directly give them money or like they like, or they have like arranged sponsorships, but they have done a lot for the Columbus event. Yeah. And like, they just keep uh, getting more and more initiatives and uh, just building their program more and more. Whereas Walton's been kind of like, I mean, they have a, don't get me wrong, they have a very solid program and very good program. Well, but, and, and looking at uh, some numbers here, uh, the last time they didn't win a chairman's award during the season was 2012. So oh, it's, it's oh, been a while. It's been a while, yeah. 
And, like, we don't know what it was at uh, Dalton if it was, like, the presentation or, like, maybe their presenters weren't, like, feeling as uh, hot about it or maybe they just needed a little bit more swagger when they walked in. Yeah. See, but, like, I personally don't know if... So, Walton has this, like, perennial aspect to their program, right? They've been winning it since 2012. They've been sort of one of the keystone programs in our district. But I feel like 4188 just has that hometown punch that's like really hard to ignore. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, what they've done for their district, and apparently they're like pulling out all the stops for Columbus chairmans. Um, so if you're a judge from Columbus who's potentially seen 4188 all over the district, who's seen their improvements, has judged them year after year, I respect both programs and what they bring. I just don't know if Walton can overcome that hometown hometown punch that forty one eighty eight brings. Well, and to give and to give Walton their dues, uh, obviously Chairman's has that prestige to it, but they do have an EI uh, that they're going in the state champs with, uh, with a chance to win one of those state champs EIs that then gets them a, a, a free ticket to world. Right? Yeah, I'd take that any day. For... <laughs> yeah, and $5,000, right? You know, mm-hmm. wait, screw wait, it like free ticket and $5,000 or, or like $5,000. <laughs> got mixed thing. up there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah $5,000 for the free ticket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. $5,000 free ticket to world. So. Yeah. so, yeah, again, credit to their program for obviously it's not a chairman's, yeah. but it's it's that's Hard to call it much less than that. It's better than chairman's, right? And chairman's, you get a banner, right? It's better than chairman's. Yeah, EI, they pay your uh, entrance. All right, all you chairman's teams, you can email anyone with your thoughts about chairman's versus EI. Yeah, I mean, money over uh, blue banners. I'm taking money, right? Banners don't give me value other than to my ego. You want green banners? I don't know. (laughs) Let's get red banners for you. I don't know. Money, money. Okay. (laughs) So let's move on to the actual teams and who's going to be showing up. So. Um. Uh, give me your teams to watch. And since since we are a little light on hosts and we are pretty heavy on teams, let's throw out a couple if you got them. So you can sit here. I can pick like five teams here. <laughs> let's go. Let's go with. Let's go in a order, right? One, one, one. Then a few one, more. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's serpentine. Yeah, you get you get some time to think about your second team. Do you have the Jeopardy music like queued up? Uh no. I mean I'm ready to go. I I, I can I can go for days on this this oh team God. list here. So it's, just go. Uh, go, there's, go. There's right, I'm, I'm starting now with fourteen fourteen. Just looking uh, towards the top of the list. A lot of quality choices, but I'm interested in seeing. Uh, this is a program that's really got their foot on yeah. the gas. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see. They c- came out of the gates strong in Gainesville. Um, got but a picture of them. Really interested in seeing. Yeah, they, they are one of the teams that has it on the blue lines, if you want to pull that up. Yep. Um, but I'm interested in seeing what they're doing. Uh, again, going back to the consistency thing, um, just making sure they're climbing, getting that level three on a match-to-match basis, and if they're scoring as proficiently as they were week one and improving upon that, uh, I think they're going to be one of our clear-cut uh, best teams in the district for those that skill set. Right. Good to know. 14-14. I don't know, 1414's always just kind of been the team that, it, it, it looks like they have everything, right? The robot looks fantastic, they like, like seem to be coded, like Sandstorm, like Sandstorm performance is like there, but when they try and put it all together, when they show up on the field, whether it's eliminations or whatever, they just seem to misfire, which, okay, Gainesville this past, this past Gainesville was not a, fair, not a fair look, right? Um, but even last season, they had a fantastic-looking robot. They had a fantastically engineered robot. But they just weren't able to perform when it mattered, right? I will say that by district championships, they were performing. And, like, they performed, they performed to an amazing level last year, but they just couldn't overcome that number one alliance. Yeah. But, like, earlier in the district season, they had some hiccups and eliminations, and it was like... I think they just need to, like, have that one win to overcome all that. Yeah, just, I, like, get them over the hump. Yeah. Yeah, I think once they get that one win, they'll be, like, they'll have, I don't know, I think that'll kickstart, like, them winning a bunch. Yeah, and and to sort of call from experience, not having that one win can be kind of, can be kind of suffocating because you're, you're constantly trying to tune and, like, be better. And when you don't get those wins coming into a good program, it's kind of like, you know, what are we missing? Um, uh, but yeah, so my pick, I'm going to go with a safe pick. I'm going to go with Walton, 2974. Always a safe pick. 
My two things to look out for them is number one, do they add a level three climb? Because I think if if like they watch themselves play at Dalton, you know, they had a fantastic game, but they really just couldn't break through the fact that they weren't getting that one RP every match, right? Um, so do they add a level three climb, which isn't terribly difficult to pull off? You put a, you put a couple of stilts and you know, bam, you're up. Um, and the second thing is how do they respond to defense, which at a packed event like this, I think they have a solid target in their backs from like being like one of the one of the best like core dynamic robots. Yeah. Um, I think defense is going to be on them from match one, and we'll have to see how they respond. Right? Um, they're lucky, or they're lucky that they have access to like the practice field at their facility and everything. I bet they've been practicing around defense, especially like Dalton finals. Right? We saw how hard that they were affected by seventeen seventy one. So. I, I, could, I would put good money on them practicing with a defender uh, since then. Yeah, I, I, that's a, uh, even before this event has started, um, that, that's, that is the team to watch out for. As, as we discussed on our previous show, um, I, I, it was very identifiable what ex- issues Walton needed to, be f- to fix. Regardless of level three, <laughs> that they were as... That they were as potent as they were on hatches and cargo, even mm-hmm. with a slow elevator, with a uh, some a little little work to do on their cargo intake. I'm scared about. If I was another team at that event, I'd be really scared about Walton. Yeah. All right, Anupam, who you got? Um. Well, I think I'm gonna go with another obvious one here in Team Eleven O Two, Making Magic. It's been a while since they've competed back in week one and they exited semis on that kind of uh i'm just gonna say it's kind of a bs note but i think they definitely put in they've most likely put in the work to improve their mechanisms improve their climb and like maybe even put on a new hatch mech i, I don't know they're they're one of those teams that kind of does some mid-season iterations and they do it pretty well so I wouldn't be surprised to see them like come into the event yeah. with some cool, pretty cool new changes. That, yeah, I think they're one of those teams. Uh, it, they're going to come into this event with a fire in their eyes for uh, chasing after a win. Um, I get, like you said, uh, for the unfortunate circumstances led, leading to their exit at Gainesville, I, th- I think they're coming in, going to come in uh, with a with a passion. I think uh, for going after a W in Columbus. Yeah. So you said changes. I mean, when I, when I look at the robot from Gainesville, I think the only thing that could really be improved from Gainesville, like physically, <clears throat> might be their, their, their level three climb. Yeah, just the consistency of it. I think yeah. there are a few that their bumpers would catch for not quite getting up right to the level. Or... Yeah, I'm not sure what exactly the details were, but they like rely on like skids, like roller skids to kind of slide the front of the robot up. I think it's clear that like, like where... It, that like the way to go is to use your intake to push down on the front, or sorry, push yeah, push down on the front, push down from the back, and go. So they have to push down on the back, and they have a massive intake that I feel like if they just reinforce a little, they could definitely push down from the front. So they might have the pieces to really shore that up. But other than that, they look they look like they had all the pieces. Maybe just a little more driver practice, and they could probably be there. So. Their drivers look pretty darn well practiced too. So like, especially at the end of Gainesville, they were they were rolling. Like, they were hands down the best cargo cargo bot in my opinion, because that uh, I think that Mechanum drivetrain or whatever they have going yeah, on. Like I think it's an Octacanum with like an extra two Omni wheels in there for good measure. <laughs> whatever. Like they were moving from cargo bay to the cargo ship so quickly, right? Um, it was it was kind of scary. So. Yeah, they're definitely the team to beat. I, Walton gave the... Uh, they had a more resounding uh, win, but 11.02, I think, in my mind, is the team to beat there. Yeah. All right, Kellen, who's your, who's, who's your number two? All right, number two, huh? Yeah, who's your um, second pick? Don't you do it. There's so many options. There's so many options. Don't you do um, it. I'm going to give a uh, shout-out to a team that got off to a strong start this last week, and maybe not the, the next... Next best in my mind compared to those the three we just talked about, but somebody who had a good strong showing for their their first uh, week 
I'm going to go with 49-41. Uh, um, I believe was the fourth Alliance captain this past weekend. Yeah. Um, oh. If I yeah. remember correctly. Um, um, but uh, had a strong strong showing uh, for both cargo and hatches. Not one of our climbers uh, for a level three-er, um, but somebody I think is going to uh, have some uh, continuing improvement throughout the season uh, for getting getting better and building out that cargo and hatch game. Be one of those compliments uh, to a uh, level three climber. So I'd, if they're not ranked up there, I imagine uh, Robobib is likely going to be one of those uh, top set of picks um, for alliance selections. Yeah, so Robobib was the captain of the fourth seed. And and personally, I was, I was pleasantly heartened to see the way they came out because... The past two years, I built relatively simple robots, right? Um, so, so they've built relatively simple robots, and they did really well. So, it was kind of a question up in the air that are they going to be able to land on their feet? Are they going to choose a more sophisticated design? And looks like they have. They have an elevator system, and they are honestly pretty up there, right? Um, if you look at their driving and their chassis, their chassis is quick. Their drivers seem to know what they're doing when they're driving it. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, their elevator is quick, and all their mechanisms seem to, like, work pretty fluid. Yeah. Like, I don't think, I personally don't think that they'll be, like, a high seed. Like, I don't see them on, like, the first or second seed at um, Columbus. But I think they could play a pretty good role on Elias that comes in from the bottom, like, number six or number seven, right? One of those, like, really shocker, like, just imagine three 49-41s, right? Which is something you could get at Columbus. Um, I think they have the potential to put one, pull, pull one of those upset runs into the finals again. So it could be pretty good. Yeah. Um, for my pick, I'm going to go with a bit of a sleeper, uber sleeper. I'm going to go with 74-27. So 74-27 is like a rookie team. Um, I think they're like a spinoff of another program. They were at Dalton where they... Trying to see exactly how they finished. They were in the quarters, but they they had a pretty decent like. Uh, I mean, let's talk about the robot for a sec, right? Mm-hmm. They got Neo Swerve on it. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful white swerve? robot. Swerve. Yes, they have a swerve drive on that. It's a rookie team. I so check me on this. I think that's the first swerve drive in the state of Georgia ever. Ever? Uh, it's not ever. Um, I know seventeen seventy one or one of those teams had it way back when. Um, mm. At some point, I'm pretty sure they had one. Uh, I know 1771 was playing with a swerve way back when. I don't ever Never recall Never made it on a combat, one. but I'd have to wager there's been a swerve drive somewhere in Georgia. All right. You've, look been, it you've, up, been, around, you've been around longer than I have look in it up, this prove, state, so I'll give prove, it. Okay, look it up, prove me wrong, but I think they are the first swerve bot out here. Um, and yeah, they have a pretty decent robot, but I think you're going to say some more things about it. Um, well, I was just, mainly I was impressed with the fact that they got, they've got that Neo Swerve, but I was watching them at Dalton. Towards the end of it, they started dialing their presets and started to have some, like, automation going. They had a bit of a rough time with cargo, I think, but if they were to shore up their cargo mechanism, they could be potent at the cargo game. And, I don't know uh, how secret, or how, how big of a secret this is, but, like, I saw some footage of what could be a level 3 climb. Man, I was going to drop that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it looks like they have a level 3 climb. Looks like it's, like, one of those pneumatic gripper boys. So, um, I, I don't know how this happens, but I could see them... Firstly, with that, with a good level 3 climb that's, like, supposed to complement another one... I could see them going into a position where they are very high seed. I could also see them coming into a position where they're kind of low seed, but they're bringing two climbs with them, right? So if, so if they can climb, I don't think like 4026 would really complement their climb very well. Um, I'm trying to think of another robot that would like climb, but leave them room to climb with that might rank a little low, but no one, no one, no one really comes to mind. But. Well, regardless of any kind of double climb, mm-hmm. um, the availability, or or if or if a, one of those level three climbers again is is playing a role as an alliance captain for those six, seven, eight seeds, like we were saying, if forty nine, forty ones are available, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you're you're going to get some of those dangerous robots as as a f- nice filled out alliance. So um, they might not be the strongest elsewhere in the game, but 
if you're hitting the seating just right, there's some some uh, fun things that can happen down there. Yeah, I don't know if you're like a like a very high seed, maybe like three or four, right? Do you pick them up? Like maybe they don't have the best hatch and cargo game, but if you can level three climb, do you pick them up just to have that second climb and and assume that whatever shortfall they have on the core game, they're going to make up with that bonus level three climb, right? So it's, I think I think they're definitely a little bit of a dark horse with 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 respect to how they show up at this event. Yeah, they've got some flexibility in what they can do and how they can play, and that'll. Yeah, they would be definitely a good pick for any low seed or even like high seeded alliance member if they just needed that climb or if they needed that cargo. Strategic sandbag. Oh yeah, say that's all I'll say. Um, (laughs) All right, Anupam, what's your what's your second pick? Um, I'm gonna go with my former team, G3 Robotics, sixteen forty eight. I love those kids. they come came coming into Gainesville. They were getting their design or getting their programming uh, shored up. They have a decent looking design and a kind of unique uh, little shot into the cargo ship. But they've been using this time between competitions to uh, work on uh, presets for their arm. And I think once they have all those controls dialed in, they'll do some surprising things. I think with either with the cargo or even in the, with the rocket. Cool. I don't know. I agree with you. An interesting team to watch throughout the season. Um, uh, I guess I'm, I'm getting lost here because I, I feel like I'm looking at some of these teams on this list and I'm like, they have to have been mentioned already. Um, so uh, why, don't we, why don't we go with teams that you think will be more dark horses or go under the radar. Well, hang on. So we've already done two and we're running a little low on time. So I feel right. like if we stop to talk about every team that should be talked about, yeah. we're going to be here for like another half hour. Oh, I'm going to give them, can I give them quick shout outs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do quick shout outs. I think go. it's incredible that these teams haven't been mentioned yet, considering yeah. 4026 ranked number one at their first event um, yeah. and walked away with a W there mm-hmm. uh, for a team that's a consistent level three year. Uh, 4188, a strong showing for ranking three, getting to finals. Um, I'm interested in seeing what their modifications are. Um, have we talked about 4910? No, that's, like, that's surprising. Exactly. <laughs> We're talking about some killer teams coming here. Um, the, yeah. These are going to be towards the top of the heap for those level three climbers and scoring cargo and hatches. Yeah. But, like, as we mentioned earlier, I think this is going to be an event to watch um, for some really strong alliances, uh, button heads in Elam. So keep your eyes open and this weekend. We give a shout out to Trevor and his favorite team, seventy three fifteens showing up. They were one of the they were the third ranked uh, alliance captain, or were they were they an alliance captain? Uh, I think they were one of the top uh, top picks. Uh, yeah. I think they also ranked pretty high. If I remember, they were like one of those cargo bots that was just like on were... point. They were ranked sixth, and they were the first pick of the third seed. That's right. Yeah. Um, and I think I think they have an every bot design, right? So yeah. definitely another strong team that I don't think they'll go early in in the seedings, but I think I think I think that they're definitely going to get into eliminations, and depending on the alliance, you know, they could they could really help boost it. So yeah, another interesting team, a little bit more of a of uh, Role player um, is a Toaster Tech fifty three thirty two. One of those strong cargo bots you're gonna see. Toasty boys. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're pretty good at. Uh, they have a decent cargo game, and I think they've they've probably been practicing and improving that too. So. Yeah, I think Toaster Tech also teased like a pretty like pretty interesting hatch mechanism that like comes out and it flattens up against the hatch in like one motion. I so I don't know. I imagine the first event they went to at Dalton, like cargo just became too important to ignore. But I figure that they've been working on their hatch game so far, and now going into Columbus, they're really gonna, they're really gonna make a dent on that front. So. That, and if you haven't seen the reveal video yet, make sure you check that out. Top quality production over there, Toaster Tech Group. We, we need more reveal videos in this state. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. more than anything else, more than the swerve, more that, we need more like, really good reveal videos. Our reveal video would have been the robot sitting, just not moving, because <laughs> that's how we showed up to Gainesville. <laughs> it, it probably would have even it wouldn't have even been that. It would have just been like the chassis and the elevator structure. Yeah, <laughs> reveal two separate pieces laying on the ground, not built yet. So it's 
<laughs> yeah. We always I, intend to. Never quit it. Idea for next year, Peach Pit uh, Reveal Night. Let's compete with fun and official first, I guess. Aren't they, insights. aren't they the same now? Fun and official first? Actually, yeah. first took it over kind of this year. I don't know if there's any coordination or collaboration between the two. But <laughs> oh, since, hey, you. We're doing, <laughs> we're doing this now, and we conveniently set our time and date a day before yours or yeah. <laughs> something like that. But. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Okay. So, any closing thoughts? Any, any remarks before we end? I'm looking forward to Columbus. I'll be game announcing there for a little bit. So. You better bring the noise. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring the hype. I said bring the noise. I don't want any hype. Well, how are you going to have hype with, or noise without hype? You can just speak louder. All right. Louder. 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 Okay. Cal, any closing remarks? I'm excited for the event this weekend. Um, I think we're going to see some really good matches. What are we going to... Okay, we'll talk about this next week, but for you guys to let it simmer, what are we going to see from Otto in Forsyth? Uh, we'll talk about it next week. Something for the viewers to be continued. And on that note, <laughs> we're going to end the show. All right. See you all next week.